Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here and listening to Blind Love Radio. Today, I have an amazing guest. What an honor to have Erin Aquarian, full-time witch, on the podcast. We talk all about cycles, the cycles of evolution, lifetime readings that they're doing, which are genius. And we talk about Erin's experience of being a tarot reader and why the vision needs to be broader than just a personal lens looking at tarot through community healing and not only personal development which i found really inspiring and interesting and made me think about my own practice and they talk about this pyramid for the trumps the trump cards and that was so interesting that blew my mind so stay tuned for that i don't want to give everything away just listen you're gonna love it if you want to book with aaron aaron aquarian at gmail.com definitely find them on instagram at fulltime witch and enjoy guys happy scorpio season and i love you Mwah. Take two. Go ahead. <laughs> Hi, I'm Erin Aquarian, and I'm a full-time witch, tarot teacher, uh, artist, based in Portland, Oregon. Nice. So how did you find tarot? Uh, well, tarot found me in 2008, the year I moved to Portland. Uh, a friend gave me a casual reading. And I'd never had a reading before that. And I was kind of going through like 26 year old life stuff, kind of really struggling with um, a lot of issues. And it was, it was kind of like a catalyst healing experience that just kind of sparked my path of healing and kind of exploring and reclaiming my spirituality and um, waking up to being a witch and yeah so um, it just really shifted my perspective and my awareness about life and my participation in it and was just something that I stuck with you know and was really inspired to like learn about and practice and over the years my relationship with the tarot has evolved a lot it's definitely going through an evolution right now um in in my 11th almost 12th year of of being friends with tarot so how is it evolving um well in a lot of different ways but i guess um, I've gone through a lot of phases with tarot. It's like 
it came into my life and was so helpful and supportive for like my my initial stages of healing um and has just been a part of my path ever since and after you know like after I started to feel more connected and and just committed to having a relationship with tarot I started giving readings to like my friends and coworkers. I didn't think of myself as being a tarot reader um but I started giving readings for other people and then after a few years of that I started identifying as being a reader and and then that kind of evolved into I really wanted to teach people uh the the cards more than I wanted to read the cards and so over the last 5 or 6 years I guess my how I identify is like less as a reader than a teacher or like a tarot. Um, yeah, I, I don't really feel comfortable calling myself a reader anymore because I kind of had like an ego death around that uh, over the last year. I love that. I love that it's like evolving. That's so cool. Well, tarot's a tool to help us evolve, right? So totally. Uh, it's it's just I I experience and understand the tarot to be this interactive mirror that teaches us, you know, that there's more to who we are and our reality than we've been taught and programmed to think and our and have patterns uh, based in like our programming. So the, the journey to have a relationship with tarot, whether you're reading for yourself or for other people, is a journey where we're learning how much we don't know about who we are and our reality and um, how much we do know is based in problematic conditioning, abusive, uh, or dysfunctional kind of dynamics in our culture, you know? So for me, the tarot has really become this ally in deprogramming and clearing a lot of patterns that stem from family abuse and dysfunction, dysfunction and also cultural dysfunction and cultural abuse, societal like oppression and, and things like that. So tarot for me like opens up a huge can of worms because it presents all of these things that we need to work on in ourselves and a lot of responsibility to show up for the larger uh, evolution that's happening on the planet with with humanity and how we're participating in it yeah it's really heavy super heavy <laughs> no like which is here <laughs> which is why I don't like being a reader because a lot of times why do people get readings it's like they want to feel better about something or or they want to get the sense that everything's going to be okay and at 
this point, that's not something that I can, that's not a space that I can hold for people right now. I'm like holding a space where things really aren't okay right now. And we need to show up to that truth that will we be okay? Like, will things be okay? Like we can't say right now because we don't know. And I don't have the answer for that. (laughs) You know, that's part of my ego death around being a reader is that like, I don't have answers for these like existential crisis issues that we're facing as individuals and as a collective. Like, I don't have answers for what people can do if they work full time and they can't afford basic cost of living because, uh, capitalism is making it harder and harder for working class people to afford basic cost of living and including me, you know, and, and a lot of my peers. So there's a lot of really difficult issues that we are dealing with in these times. And, um, and so what I found as a reader depending on like my clients level like status and privilege in in society um, and their willingness to be super present with the reality that uh, a lot of folks are facing um, yeah I just stopped feeling comfortable really providing this like soothing service uh, and, and so I, I shifted my practice a lot um, and and just kind of letting letting it flow into something that's more aligned with my core values and ethics. So how do you feel like teaching is more aligned, I guess? It almost feels a little bit like you're able to like give teach people a tool to then I guess it feels like you're like teaching people to uncover or to work on themselves and then it's like if everybody is working on themselves then it's almost like we can almost make a dent into like what's going on instead of just doing like one reading Mm -hmm. Well, my goal as a reader and a teacher is to, you know, for me, how I've come to kind of sum up, you know, what the tarot is about for me and how I share it with clients or students or people uh, or the world is, you know, this is a system of archetypes that give us a framework for understanding the human experience and the soul experience and the journey of incarnating into the human experience for a purpose. Like we came here for a reason and the circumstances that we're born into, there's all of these aspects about the human experience that aren't in our control. Uh, And then there is within our individual experience, like where we can figure out where our power is to participate in what's happening. And so like the archetypes are, are these empowerment um, 
figures, templates for us to have something to help us navigate a world that, you know, we were born into, that the way it's set up is to disempower us, to take our power away, to perpetuality, uh, and and those privileges, those rank European or white men in positions of wealth and power. <laughs> so, like, in a nutshell, you know, like, we're all kind of swimming in this toxic uh, systematic oppression, um, white supremacy, patriarchy, misogyny, transphobia, all of the ways in which marginalized identities have to find a way to survive in a system and culture that... um, does not distribute resources, power in an equitable way, I guess. So for me, like making tarot work for my worldview has been part of a huge part of my work with, with my relationship to tarot. Like, you know, how, how, how do these archetypes fit into systems of oppression? Because the systems of oppression are the reality that, we're all experiencing and and all having different experiences because some of us have privilege or, and some of us don't, um, or we have some privileges and, and some disadvantages. It's of course, uh, specific to each person's identity that, but we're all, we're all steeped in this culture, right? Okay. Long winded rant. Um, so I guess my goal as a reader has always been if I, I'm a white person um, from like a middle class background and like these are the privileges that have shaped my experience and the opportunities that I've had access to. I'm also a trauma survivor and grew up with family abuse and a lot of neglect and abandonment. And so I have disadvantages based on that and and issues that I'm going to have to work through with my mental and emotional and behavior um, that are, you know, influenced by trauma. And then I have my experience as a, a, a woman, a white woman in patriarchal culture. Um, and so like tarot comes into the picture and is like validates everything that I've ever experienced, good and bad, and then gives me an option to like, well, what do I want to choose moving forward? And of course, I'm going to be cycling and spiraling through my patterns and my habits. And tarot helps me make different choices moving forward. And explore things that maybe go against my patterning and my programming and encourages my creativity or, you know, me taking risks in ways that my old patterning and programming, you know, without the help of tarot or without the encouragement of a a person, a human, um, I wouldn't do. And so I'm trying to pass that same um, 
like leverage, you know, that tarot has offered me to get out of the patterns that I'm stuck in to the people that I work with. And it's really deep, intense, long kind of process work. Not always an immediate bit of advice or solution for a problem. It's more <laughs> like this thing that helps me do my inner work and everybody's inner work looks different. So the best that I can do is to share the archetypes of the tarot relate them to human patterns within the context of the times that we're living in, the things that we're facing as modern people in a time of climate catastrophe, in a time of massive social inequity, of violence, of... you know, patriarchal insanity, um, and, you know, all of the many, many things that we can't afford to be in denial about, and, and, and we can't afford to not be exploring what our part is and finding some way of participating in, in, contributing to a positive effort, I guess. <laughs> um, so it became really difficult for me as a reader to hold space for people that were only kind of invested in their individual success or their individual life or issue. And, um, what's really aligned with my core value is to hold space for people's individual experience and to help them bridge to how it matters to the collective and that it's really important for us to really be mindful of what we're investing in as individuals right now um how how do the external factors of current events influence uh the decisions that we're making with our, our life choices and things like that yeah that's a lot of thoughts it's a lot of thoughts um <laughs> i'm an aquarius uh my life card is the magician and the wheel of fortune i'm really nervous and uh insecure a lot of times to like express my frame of consciousness and to try to weave all of these threads together um, because the way that I see the world is like very multi-dimensional and multi-layered and I see all of the connections like in a way that probably like someone who's like on the spectrum would uh, like it's like seeing all of these things at once and how they connect and I don't always know that I have the exact right answer of course but um, but tarot for me is is a reference point to the archetypes of the tarot are, are reference points for me to see the world, see reality, see present time, and then relay back to other folks um, in a way that's 
hopefully helpful, affirming, offering some nudge of guidance for feelings that other people might be having where they feel overwhelmed and confused about what's going on and what they can do about it. And, or maybe like folks are just so hung up in their own mental and emotional patterns that it's like too much to even be engaged. Um, yeah, but basically, you know, like, when I mentioned I'm in like a growth and evolution process with my relationship with tarot and how I present that to the world, like on my social media, on the offerings that I have, um, that people can work with me, like what I have available for people, uh, and, and with the art that I'm making and, and stuff like that. So I kind of want to ask you like a very vague question, but I feel like it kind of applies to everything that you're talking about. Totally. So we have like the three lines in the tarot. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have the first line, which is like more of these very concrete, like personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And then with the second line, we're kind of like we're letting that go and kind of like swimming in this void and then we kind of like move into the third line which I feel like just like hearing you talk about it feels a little bit more of what you're talking about with like this collective experience Mm -hmm. and I guess like cycling between all of them I don't know really like what I'm asking but like what kind of like like what cycles do you see like throughout the tarot that are like reflecting in life this might be too big of a question Maybe I should get more specific I, here. I, I like your question. And, you know, the current offering that I've been focusing on creating and putting into the world this year is called Cycles of Evolution. And it's a reading that really just focuses in on a person's life card and, and the year card that they're cycling through based on their date of birth numerology. So... Um, you know, you mentioned the the three lines of the tarot, and that's a teaching that most teachers and books that I've studied the tarot present the major arcana in that uh, three lines of seven cards and the fool. And I actually have a different teaching for the major arcana that uh, came out of workshops where, like, I simply put the cards in a particular arrangement so that they would fit on a poster board and they uh, wound up being a kind of pyramid shape and with uh, six lines. Uh, So if people want to imagine uh, like the magician and the high priestess on top and then underneath those two cards, the empress, emperor, and hierophant, and then under those lovers, chariot, strength, and the hermit, and then under those, the wheel of fortune, justice, 
hanged man, death, temperance, and then on the bottom, the devil through judgment. So it's like this creates a kind of pyramid shape. And then I randomly put the fool and the world on either ends. And it was kind of like this divinely channeled way that I, you know, I made the cards fit because I needed them to fit on this thing. And I couldn't do the three lines of seven, you know, and a whole new understanding of how these archetypes are actually like activated through our developmental experiences started to come through for me um, over a period of time where I studied that arrangement of the cards. And so now, like I think of the phases that um, are, are both physiological and physical development experiences and kind of like different activations where like, you know, we're experiencing, let's just say like the magician and, and the high priestess and the empress and when are, what are the first experiences that we've had where those archetypes kind of like activate. Um, so you asked about, you know, the, the third line and, uh, and I do feel like my journey is very much in that third line or, or the way that I arrange the cards, you know, the bottom of the pyramid, the devil, the tower, the star, the moon, the sun, I'm in a judgment year right now. So it's a lot of like, whoa, big picture, long-term reviews. Judgment corresponds with Pluto. Pluto is our most outer moving planet. So it's the one that like orbits around all the other ones the slowest. And it's deep transformation, right? And like revolution and all of these processes that take a really long time um, for things to to happen and I feel like it's this long journey of kind of study and gathering evidence and learning and then realizing how much how much we can't know and it's a it's a difficult place for consciousness for human consciousness because humans want to make sense of things and and we want to have the answers and our culture very much kind of reinforces that we can kind of control and plan and know what's going to happen and, you know, prove things maybe one way or another. Um, but, you know, the archetypes of the tarot say maybe, maybe not so much. And these present teaching tools for us that, you know, we didn't grow up with learning in school or learning from our parents, most likely, um, that our lifetime is a journey of, of evolution and learning on not just an intellectual level, but on a spiritual and emotional, intuitive and a soul level. And like, what are our tools and what are our framework to assist us as we move through these processes that we're only just now beginning to even have spaces and communities where we can support each other in doing this work on ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
like us having this conversation, like the community on social media, Instagram, where so many of us have found other seekers, like other people who, who know that there's more to life that we're supposed to be doing. And like, we're evolving right now, you know, and the culture that we're living in, the conditions hasn't necessarily like evolved along with us, but like we're evolving and we're eventually going to be changing that, that outer culture. Um, so (laughs) back to kind of, what was the original question? It's like, <laughs> I feel like it wasn't much of a yeah, question. <laughs> I mean, I got a reading the other day from an Akashic Records person who was basically like, you need to accept that like your journey through this abstract, like deep cosmic consciousness space. And like, it's really hard for us to find the value of that. Like in our modern world, in capitalism like in linear time because it doesn't fit into like you get up and go to work and like punch a time clock and you get a paycheck and your work is tangible you know my work is in this like kind of intangible phase where I'm getting downloads and upgrades for how I can hold space for people and the time and myself and not, and just kind of having to like go with it and trust. And a lot of people are finding their way to tarot and like in the beginning of a journey with it, I, I, I still think 11 years in, I'm still at the beginning of it. Um, so people who found tarot a year or two or three ago are like very much in the beginning of it as well. And I guess I feel like I'm going through a growth process, um, that other people will likely go through when, when their relationship to the tarot like matures and, and, um, grows into more depth and integrated into, okay, well, we all understand, like, the concepts of the tarot, right, like, for the most part, but, like, what is, like, what is your work with this tool? Um, I'm discovering what mine is, you know, through detaching to the divination aspect, the intuitive guidance aspect, and focusing more on these archetypes are a framework, they're a mystic map, they're really essential for us navigating these times because we don't have a framework for what's going to, what we're supposed to do. And because there's so much upheaval happening with the systems, like they're the only thing that we can really trust is intuition. And even that's going to lead us to stumble and make mistakes and have, have challenges, but that's really the only way through. Um, and, and my own messy process is, is, um, is very real, you know? So I can't say that, Oh, like I have the answers to make this clean and easy. I wish that I did, but, um, my own life's like real challenges of, well, what happens when you decide to follow what resonates with your soul and your intuition? 
and all you all of a sudden like find that you have all this trauma to work through or you have all of this fear or the terror of um like really going into the unknown and trusting that you're not in control anymore because you're letting spirit guide your life and your decisions and that's extremely difficult for the human ego and for our survival mechanisms and all of these things you know so I'm going through this process and just learning like how I like guide my own humanness through it and in addition to all of that like navigate my relationships with other humans and it's really a lot a lot of like labor and work all the time so I have two questions and they're both kind of different but the first one is like hearing you talk about the judgment card and the relationship to Pluto and kind of being in this like liminal space it kind of makes me wonder like what do you think the difference between the judgment card and the moon card are and then also what have you seen from doing these lifetime readings for people I think it's like the most interesting thing I've ever heard and I feel like there's so much to see like within like patterns and cycles but I guess I'm just wondering from you doing like so many multiple ones that you've kind of like had this outer like almost like a telescope you're like looking a little bit farther back so I feel like you're not only seeing like a specific person's patterning but then a patterning within like a larger pattern yeah it's like fractals you know it's like it's like being on acid but I'm not <laughs> it's yeah so like any like of those this it's like, you know, like, it's like a tattoo of a butt on a butt with a tattoo of a butt on it. It's like being in that, like, oh, house of mirrors where you're just like, oh my God, like the patterns. It's like being, it's like having a psychotic break, you yeah, know, because it's like, and I'm just having to be like, okay, like, I don't totally have the answers and I, to- I don't know how to like explain this to people because there's a numbers part and there's like I made a meme about it where I was like me trying to explain like my readings to people or something and it's like that uh it's always sunny in Philadelphia guy with like all of the crazy stuff on the walls oh yes Charlie the crazy look on his face right yes um and it's a lot of information and I feel like I get overwhelmed I overwhelm people with it but um I've been working on always I've always done uh started every reading for several years with talking about someone's life and your card and um like that really helps me kind of ground into something that's more permanent and overarching because the everyday stuff can be all over the place you know we get triggered we have our patterns we have all of the trauma and drama of everyday life And I feel like that all of those details are really reflected in the minor arcana cards that can show up. And while those can be really affirming and helpful 
to kind of just help someone check in with what's going on and get some clarity, like it doesn't necessarily like with, for me, without an understanding of someone's life card as guiding, like what, what are the bigger picture themes that I can kind of steer this person towards thinking about as they're trying to navigate the shit show, you know, like of like this or that, or all of the different ways that we're being pulled in like, and not always like centered and grounded in who are we? Like, what are we doing? Like, what's my purpose? Those bigger kind of existential questions that take a long time to reflect on and, and to kind of get work, like anything that we can work with, you know, for the everyday. Um, and so I've always kind of gravitated towards life in your cards and this cycles of evolution reading where I'm taking people's birthday and then, you know, drawing up a chart that chronicles the, like their, their cycles. Um, there's patterns, you know, and they're, what I'm, what I've learned from, from drawing them up in this way is that, you know, there's nine numbers one through nine, and and so how this charts out is basically exploring nine-year cycles and the, and the cards that we journey with and the cards that repeat and what the life card is, and it's a really interesting way of looking at lifetime in the nine-year cycle as opposed to a ten-year cycle because we're we're raised with the concept of time being decades, centuries. And um, so we think of like, oh, we think of 20s and our 30s and our 40s and our 50s. And we have these like constructs on what's supposed to be happening within those decades. And so this is looking at cycles instead of, you know, 0 to 10 and 10 to 20 and so on. It's like birth to 8 nine to 17, 18 to 26, and so on. And so like I'm learning how to kind of look at those period passages of time and think about, well, what's the development that's happening when we're at those ages? And what archetypes are we journeying with as we're moving through, which is which specifically relates to, you know, a person's life card and what are the life events you know this is where the reading part comes in where the client or the person receiving the reading is taking in in this information and reflecting back what experiences that they can remember that they had and how they might see like the archetype in those experiences like just for me um my life cards are wheel of fortune magician when I was 12, my dad died. And when I was 12, it was 1994, I was in an emperor year. So the themes of like father and like the loss of the father and how I read the emperor archetype is, you know, the protector and provider that is supposed to provide like the structure and stability and protection so that we can grow into like the 
being that we're meant to be and kind of nurturing the potential. So like if, if your father or like if some authority figure like could not provide that for you for whatever reason when you're a kid, like you're not getting that need met for the, the safety and the security and the stability and, um, you know, so I use the archetypes to kind of track my own life experiences and then to help me kind of work through the traumas that occurred and, and the archetypes serve as this kind of framework role model for like, okay, well, this represents how like I protect and provide for myself now, how I learn how to do that when no one taught me kind of. And, and so again, like I see the lifetime kind of chart thing and people can do this for themselves. They don't have to buy a reading from me. I know a lot of people are charting out their whole lifetimes with uh, your cards anyway. Um, so like other, it's not like I came up with this on my own. It's just my area of kind of like real interest with the tarot is, is on like these fixed kind of energies that correspond to the numerology. Um, and, and to show people how they can work with this as a map so that they feel less overwhelmed and at a loss for understanding what might be happening or what, you know, what they should be doing. Um, and this is kind of a response to me being a reader for long enough to know that people feel really disempowered and not confident in making decisions without advice from an expert or an authority figure and as the reader a lot of times people put me in that position and I'm like but I'm not you like you're the expert on your life I can just hold space for you to try to feel confident about the trial and errors that you have to be willing to go through as you make decisions trying to navigate your own life um does that make sense? Yes. And first of all, I'd like to say I'm just so sorry to hear about your dad. And second of all, I think it's brilliant that you brought back when you're going through something to bring it back to your life card. I feel like I never would have thought of that to like tie everything in together. Well, they can really be like anchors, you know, to just be like, okay, like, do you have a relationship to your life card? Like, do you understand your life card? Does it not resonate with you? Like a lot of people that get this reading from me are like, oh, like the way that like you broke it down for me, like really helped me understand that. And so I don't know why that is. Um, I think that it's because like I'm very passionate about figuring out how these archetypes are alive in the world and and pointing those things out to people who I'm working with or teaching. Um, and, and that just helps something click and then from a space of disconnect, people can connect better with the archetypes and, and then their intuition can flow 
more freely, I guess. I think that's maybe what happens. Um, Because a lot of times people are like, oh, like, my life card's the chariot, but they, they haven't, like, heard something that, like, totally resonates on a personal level. And for some reason, like, I think my relationship with the tarot or the thing that channels through me, you know, like, that has nothing to do with me, uh, is just about how to support other people and really activating their innate understanding of the archetypes. They're already in our psyche. Like we've already lived through these experiences and I'm just reminding people with the words that kind of like activate their brain around it or something or, or make them more confident in their how they've already been intuitively feeling the cards, I guess. Like, I could give an example of this. It's like, if people have a hard time understanding the chariot, maybe, like, maybe, like, the chariots are life card, but they're, like, not super ambitious or, like, goal-oriented, like, the chariot's supposed to be. You know, like, I, I talk about the chariot, like, the moment that we first experience it is, like, like we're, we're in a mobile body, you know? So we learn how to use our motor skills like as we grow and we're moving around like as soon as we're born, but our body has to grow a certain amount before we can like roll over and like push ourselves to sit up and crawl and eventually walk and run and then like as, as those motor skills, as those physical abilities continue to grow and develop, you know, like maybe we learn to ride a bike or drive a car or ride a bus. That's like the thing that I see with the chariot is like how our experience, like through living this archetype is a process. And, and when we think about it in that way, it just, like it's a lot easier for me to flip with the chariot in that way because something that I struggle with with the chariot is the goal oriented ambitious kind of I'm gonna like stick to my you know path and the direction that I've chosen um I I like getting more kind of like abstract with the archetypes it feels like it gives more room when people don't really make sense of them I love that. It feels like your idea of the archetypes are just so more 3D than 2D, like spanning over a longer time than just like one fixed moment. It makes them like more fluid, I guess. Sorry, what? It feels more fluid. Or just like more lived, you know, than... Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes when we're doing readings, we're like, you know, we're in our heads. We're like trying to figure things out. We're trying to get to the next step. We're trying to appease like our ego and our desires. And our culture doesn't really give us any checkpoints for reviewing our growth and thinking about like, um, like different cycles that we go through 
in in American like Christian patriarchal consumer culture, you know, we're really just programmed to be a part of the status quo machine and not really be independent critical thinkers and challenge authority and think about how like infinite our consciousness and creative potential and uh, like physiological miraculous genius that is our beings. You know, and so the tarot just like invites us into expanded sense of consciousness and possibility and self and all of that. And so as a result, like it opens up all of these pathways for us to think about who we are and like what we're doing and what's possible. And for me, like that's where it takes me. It's like this um, reference point that's like, well, you can review your whole life with this tool. You can review the world as you've experienced it. You can think about how other people have experienced it. You can validate your thoughts and feelings and start to uh, shift out of this conditioning that's like, you're wrong. <laughs> like the injustice that you see or the abuse that you have felt like is your problem you're wrong like you have to do what you're told and you, you have to do it this way I guess and um and so for me like you know the the archetypes present these like huge concepts for us to like look at the multi-dimensional nature of reality of ourselves and then remember that we're in this like really limited oppressive reality that um we're we're here to participate in in changing that in creating a liberated culture where we get to be free where everybody deserves to be free and safe and supported to exist and if we're not working towards that for ourselves and for others like we're not really participating in the work of our times you know so uh for me like the archetypes are a framework for us to you know wake up to what we're here to do and if if we're not here to participate in that, I really don't know what the point of any of this is. Um, it's just like if you have a problem in your life and you're not really like and you're in denial that there's a problem um, or you don't want to think about it, then that problem is just going to continue to be Um, a problem. <laughs> uh, I guess, like, with that line of cards, like, the Dark Knight of the Soul, you said, like, what's the difference between the Moon card and the Judgment card? I feel like the Moon card is this card that really is, like, the way it feels to me is, like, you're feeling your way through the dark, you know? Like, our senses do not, uh, like, our, we see, like, for those of us that 
like can see with our eyes. We're not blind. We're not visually impaired. Like we navigate the world based on our eyesight, right? And our other senses, but we really rely on our eyesight to be able to navigate. And when the lights are out, when it's nighttime, like we can't rely on our eyesight to figure out like where we're going. So we rely on our like feelings. And um, I had like an experience of this once when I was staying, like I was visiting my friend who was living in the woods at the time. And we had to walk back to her tent with no flashlight and we were like literally walking in the pitch dark forest and she kind of knew the way back to her tent you know but we didn't know until we got there it was like a very uh interesting experience because living in a city like I'm never navigating in pitch darkness ever Um, And so just experiencing the senses that kind of activated when that was happening and just like the kind of nervousness and um, to me, I was like, oh, this is kind of like the moon. And when we're in an emotional experience um, where there's like a heightened emotional um, experience like depression or grief or like a longing, a searing longing, a need. The moon kind of exemplifies all of those things for me. And we haven't really been taught that that is even valid or worthy of being with. It presents a lot of inconveniences for if we're trying to be productive in our lives, you know, to go through a grief process or to really go through and feel all the way to the bottom of what our need is and to be able to like ask for that or communicate that to another person or to understand like what our soul and psyche is asking for you know like the moon is like this mysterious card like it's kind of like high priestess but there's not even any people on the card you know so it's almost like this very abstract journey through the underworld of our psyche and and things like that So I feel like judgment is like we're coming up for air and like I've experienced the judgment card to be like, oh, I have the answer. Like I have the judgment. I have evaluated and now I know like what the verdict will be. And I also experienced judgment to be like, I'm still human. So I can't know that I ever have an absolute truth about anything And I've learned to admit that at this point, you know, and to do my best to kind of like articulate and speak to something that I've experienced. Um, And that's about it. Um, I don't know what happens next, you know, but uh, I feel that with tarot, it's like, it just, we just keep, going one step at a time like if we keep using this tool it's helping us get places um that the people who came before us like probably our parents our ancestors our elders the role models the adults that we saw being adults being 
examples for what life was going to be like, you know, like the tarot is helping us um, go into spaces that people haven't really gone before in modern civilization, I guess. So it's no small thing, I think, which is, uh, which is part of why it's so hard for me to talk about with people because, you know, the tarot will just trigger awakening after awakening after awakening. I think the major arcana cards, some of them really present that to us. Like I think of the hermit as being an awakening, the wheel of fortune as being like an awakening. There are these stages of awakening. And then when we're really awake, we're like, I know nothing. You know, and then we're like, okay, I'm going to be quiet now Uh because when I first woke, when I entered that first phase of awakening, I thought I had all the answers. And then I learned over time that I don't have that. And so therefore I can't try to talk to people as if I know anything specific that's going to like be like here's the solution it's more just like I'm going to talk about the abstract so that there's room for everybody to feel like a sense of resonance with what I'm talking about and if that doesn't make sense to people like okay totally the more you (laughs) the more you learn the more you learn that you don't know anything Right, and, you know, our culture, and when I talk about our culture, I'm talking about American culture. Like, we do not value wisdom in this culture, and if, if we think that we're somehow, like, are, are not impacted by the fact that our culture has decided to, like, um build itself on a genocide and on like an enslavement of a people and just ongoing systemic oppression and injustice. Like if we think that we don't have to deal with that, like we're wrong. And um, if we think that we don't have to deal with the fact that like this is not a culture where we listen to elders or we have like um, a lineage of wisdom that's been passed down. Uh, how are we supposed to navigate life? You know, like humans learn from what's been passed down and humans learn from watching each other and observing way more than they learn in a classroom. Like we, we learn to communicate and walk and all of those basic functions, you know, just from home. And then we go to school, you know, like to learn the subjects that we learn in school and stuff like that. So like as we're navigating adult life, like having never been taught how to navigate adult life, I'm like a broken record about this stuff, but I really do believe that our generation, I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm 37. And like, I feel like we're, entering this era of humanity that like like we were not prepared for this we were told to like go to school get a job you know like start accumulating wealth or whatever 
start a family, have a relationship, whatever the status quo kind of goals are, um, we weren't taught to like do deep self inquiry to think about like what our sole purpose is, how we can be of service, um, to value our, our creative expression and to never like, uh, abandon that to pursue like whatever, like more practical, um, thing is. So as a result, like, I feel like a lot of people are in this, you know, crisis place, but there's nothing kind of affirming that. And that's, you know, where the tarot came in for me and where like, that's the basic thing that I'm observing in the massive kind of, um, cultural, uh, surge that's happening with people finding tarot, becoming tarot readers, you know, everybody's like contributing their, their voice to this conversation, you know, on like what the tarot is and how we can interpret it to, to be very intentional with, you know, our time, incarnated time. Do you have time for one more question? I want to like be respectful of your time. Yeah, of course. Okay, so along the lines of like our soul card, like our birthday card, do you, how do you feel like that informs us of our life path or our purpose or how we can be in service to other people? That's a really good question, and that's my main goal of, like, <laughs> of, you know, reading the archetypes as lifetime symbols, and I think that this is really my life's work with tarot, and that I'm working on on it, but, um, so just, I think of the life card as, you know, it's like the particular expression that your soul is taking in this incarnation you know and so the qualities of the card of the archetype might really show up in your personality they might show up in your communication style or your values or you know how you like things to be in your life um can i ask what your life card is yes mine is the emperor and i feel like i am like the least emperor human alive (laughs) Well, I was just thinking about the emperor, actually, because I know a lot of emperors. Um, I also pay attention to, like, public figures and their life cards, and there's a significant public figure in our culture and political world whose life card is the emperor. I'll give you, like, three guesses. Um, But, you know, (laughs) I don't like to say his name. Uh Um, He shall not be named. (laughs) Yeah, he who shall not be named, no joke. Emperor, Um, it's like, we all know that emperor because that's what has dominated um, our experience of masculine authority, right? So why would anyone feel like they could relate to that on a soul level? Totally. But, like, the qualities of the emperor, you know, that I'm like, it's supposed to be this, like, it's supposed to be that protector and provider, 
that was in partnership with, you know, like these are our primary caregivers and caretakers when we're born into the world and we're in a state of vulnerable dependence on those people, our parents or whoever raised us to love and care for us. And, and so like the, the things that we're supposed to be receiving from like the mother father archetypes or, you know, the parent archetypes, I don't want to gender, um, like, I don't want to gender them, but for me growing up, it was, you know, I grew up in the strong gender binary, you know, like in, it was before there was like a, a revolution happening with gender. So I grew up with those like really hardcore, like masculine, feminine, um, gender constructs and, um, have, have been evolving that in my own experience. But so for you, like not feeling like you're the emperor person, I would invite you or a person who, who shares that archetype as their life card to think about, well, how do you value like protect, protecting and providing for yourself or the people that you care about? How do you value, um, like fairness and justice in your community or in your world like how how do you feel comfortable taking up space with your power and standing up for yourself and and what you believe in and asserting yourself in this way that um on a on a large mainstream level we've only seen that in a really abusive way you know right we haven't seen leadership uh looking out for the best interests of the collective we've only really experienced leadership looking out for the best interests of the elite the top of the pyramid the one percent so like we we have to address that kind of social reality of of how we've experienced these archetypes in our lives in the world I think before we can really explore like the potential of how we can show up with those energies in a different way, in a better way, how, how can you like claim to be in your power when you're living in a, in a culture that tells you that you're not allowed to have any power, you're not allowed to take up space, you're not allowed to show up with that personality that um, like in the gross example, like we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be power hungry, controlling, abusive, entitled, you know, but how do we be assertive and boundaried and loving like with our power? And so for me, like the life card, the archetypes offer that space of just exploring, um, how we can grow into like really mature adults who are participating in our lives in a good way and, and, and showing up like to lead. Like I think having a podcast and um, like you and your work is like fairly new to me, but you know, these are examples of how like you're like showing up to, you know, offer a service or, to provide like an empowering space for other people. Um, and that 
the life card is just something that we journey with um, and learn as we go. Like my life cards have they're offering constant ongoing uh, information for me about myself, how I take information in and how I put it back out as the magician, um, how I deal with the chaos of life, the wheel of fortune, kind of the cosmic roller coaster that is the life that I've created and chosen as like a unconventional mystic tarot teacher, artist, you know, it's like very magician, very wheel of fortune. A lot of times I notice that emperor people are more structured and grounded than me and who um, need to exist more in that like 3D, like earthly space where for me, I kind of can't exist there because I can't create from that space, you know, and I'm, I'm working on earthly things like being grounded in boundaries and stuff like that. So I guess, um, yeah, I think that thinking about your personal connection to the life card, the archetype that is your birth card really just offers so much stuff to be curious about and to think about like, well, like how do you embody and express this energy and you're not supposed to do it in a way like how someone else is doing it. You're supposed to do it in a way that feels true to who you are. And, um, and like we all get to be individuals, right? Like we all get to be a little bit different. We don't have to try to be like anyone else. And I think the goal with healing is just to get out of that mindset of I'm doing something wrong and I need to change like, and be different and get into a space of like radical acceptance with how we are now. And that is such a big piece of work that I'm currently doing right now. Like I'm not ahead of the game by any means. Like it's just kind of where my process is at now. Um, yeah. So I hope that kind of yeah, I love that. Helps and I love people listening, you totally. know, to really like um, explore what their life cards are and your cards. Probably everyone listening already knows how to do that, but I would just really encourage people to go deeper with it um, and to really look at what card they're cycling through from one birthday to the next because it can really give you a sense of. Um, what's happening, especially if you're like in a tower year or a world year or any like, you know, devil year, like it can really affirm, like, are things feeling like really crazy and like, you just can't, uh, make sense of what's going on. Like, um, maybe your year card has something to say about that. And, and there's some, even when things don't feel okay, there's something about knowing what archetype you're working with from one year to the next that can really give you a sense that, oh, this is, this is just what is happening right now. And it's, even if it doesn't feel okay, I know it's okay. I love the way you talk about just like finding your own way with the archetype. Like 
it doesn't need to look like a dictator emperor. Like the most I've ever related to it was somebody threw out the idea to me, like there's underwater mountains and like I have so much water in my chart and like I'm extremely watery and like bringing that element in to meet this idea of the emperor like it doesn't need to always look a certain way oh you know that just made me think of um do you follow jordan sincerely the tarot yes i love him so yeah jordan just wrote this amazing post about the emperor's ecosystem you know which was like a total revelation to i just love how you know with this like world of people everybody's working with tarot everyone's getting different messages and downloads and like everything gets to be true and valid you know like as opposed to like we had a limited number of books and there's the tarot experts and our relationship is very hierarchical that kind of like sense of the paradigm that's dying right now is a hierarchical power over paradigm where the authority figures gets to say like what is reality and what's true and we all just have to abide by that and we're moving into this space where we all are having different experiences like we all have to affirm that for each other and learn how to hold space for the nuance of like what it is to be a living thing and and to be having different experiences and to know that there is not one truth you know, other than maybe like a universal cosmic truth, um, whatever that is, you know, but there's no like binary, like right or wrong answer for like, what is the emperor, you know? So I think that at the core, like my job with the tarot is to like present the archetypes to people in this way where they feel like empowered and like, this is their friend And even if they don't, like, know that friend very well, they know it well enough to, like, feel like it's their friend, you know, like, or someone they want to get to know better and someone that's safe, you know, all of the tarot archetypes are safe for us to be having a relationship with. They're all here to help us grow um, and, and learn from life, you know, that the all of the good things and the bad things that happen in life, all of the tragedy and the blessings and the adventures and possibilities and all of that. So, um, yeah, like I really just, that's my heart with tarot is just to, it helps me connect with other humans and to be myself and to have a space where like, you know, someone even wants to hear me talk and like hear how I see the world and how I see this thing, you know, as opposed to like nobody cares, you know, <laughs> like it or, or thinks that I have anything valuable to share because before tarot, that was kind of my reality, you know, like not really feeling like I had a space to be me and like to share my thoughts and feelings, you know? So I just want to kind of create that space for other people to feel like really supported and encouraged to work with 
their cards and to think about the radical possibilities of, of how things will unfold as we're continuing to grow and evolve and like take up space with our power and our creativity and to support each other however we can in surviving, you know, these times and continuing to like stand for healing and justice and all of those things that we need to be watering and nurturing right now. So well said. So, okay. If I can be greedy, just one more question. Yeah, totally. Um, do you feel like when you go through your life card, like as your year card, do you feel like, have you seen in your own life that there was something very special about that year or seen it in other people? I, um, one thing that I've learned from doing this reading, um, is that, and this is like, you know, I'm giving away what I've discovered from doing this work. So I just want everyone listening to know that like, I've put a lot of work into, um, kind of like this particular discovery, like, and I haven't like seen or read other readers, like talking about the life in your cards in this way. So like, I just want people to know that like, this is my like life's work. And so if they do, if they are inspired to explore this, like to please credit me and like not take credit (laughs) for my work by like starting to do these readings and like on your own or whatever, like, yeah, I don't know. But um, I do want to share this information, which, like, um, the cycles, the nine-year cycles, every nine years you're going to start the cycle with your life card or with the card that corresponds to it. So for you, as the emperor, you're either going to be having a emperor year or a death year when you turn nine, 18, 27, 36, 45, et cetera. Like anytime your age is a multiple of nine, um, you're going to be having a return to your, your birth card or the corresponding card. So I, I learned this from doing my own and doing these for clients. Like, what is this pattern? You know, like where people go through these cards and they're repeating. And, um, so I, that was new for me this year. Like, I'm in a judgment year. So last year I turned 36. I was in a sun year. So that was my return to my birth card because the sun corresponds to the magician and the wheel of fortune. So now everyone can geek out on like, think about how old you are, um, how close you are to a multiple of nine in your age and know that every time like you start a new nine year cycle you're going to be starting it with your life card you know or or the one that corresponds so in the case of like if your life card is the lovers uh, you might be having a devil year instead of a lover's year but you can figure all that out by doing the math yourself um and uh 
Yeah, so I do think that's significant. I also think that you could think of any year in the nine-year cycle uh, and how you evolve from one to the next, to the one that's nine years after that. So there's a whole lot of like number nine um, magic in in this in looking at the lifetime sequence of archetypes. And if you think of it, it's like thinking of time as a spiral and not a straight line. And a lot of people, tarot people, use that framework. Like Lindsay Mack always talks about the spiral and the cycles of ex uh, expansion and contraction. And that tarot helps us understand that this is the process that we're living right now and growing through. And so I think it's just, yeah, like learning how to orient, understanding life and time in a, in a way that's very different to the operating system that we've been navigating like uh, for most of our life. Wow, I just realized I had a dream about a Lenormand card last night. That was the number nine. Yeah, and... you're having like probably the psychic downloads <laughs> to just like blow your um, mind on. It's so spooky. Yeah. I like those, spent those the morning synchronicities, yeah. I spent the morning like drawing nine Lenormand cards and then hearing you talk about all of these like the cycles of nine. And I'm really not a numbers or numerology person. Like I've tried, but I don't get it and I don't retain things that I don't get. I don't like when things aren't explained to me in a way that feels like personally resonant, like it just doesn't stick. So, like, I haven't read anything about nine-year cycles in, like, the research that I've attempted to do that makes sense to me. So I feel like, you know, I don't know if this is completely unique to me or if there's other people out there that are kind of getting these downloads about the life cards and year cards or whatever. But, um... I, that's why I say, like, I'm at the very beginning of cultivating and understanding this offering and sharing it with other people, and this is, like, truly what I feel like my life's work and contribution to the tarot community is. Um, I'll probably write a book about it someday, but right now I'm just beginning to kind of, like, try to make these downloads more tangible for other folks to work with because it's very abstract and out there and you know we're going back and forth to talk about you know these big picture long-term cosmic things and and trying to fit those into everyday life and how does it all tie together and it doesn't always make sense uh in like an immediate fashion i guess not always, but sometimes it does. Sometimes it yeah. just slaps you in the face. That's real. 
Thank you so, so much for sharing everything that you did. And I feel like it's so helpful for people. I know it was definitely helpful for me. And I well, just yeah, really... Thanks for inviting me on and giving me the space to kind of talk about it. I haven't really shared that much um, because I'm still like kind of crafting this thing and learning how to talk about it in a way that makes might make hopefully make sense to other people so yeah can you tell everyone where they can book a reading with you if they yeah. wanted to do this whole um amazing life cycle reading with you yeah um well i'm on instagram at full-time witch and my website is erinaquarian.com and right now I have the Cycles of Evolution reading available for purchase on my website in the offerings um, or in the work with me section. And right now, um, uh, like this is just available at a higher price point, but I'm working on making a version of it that's um, less because I really try to not be cost prohibitive but uh, right now, there's just still really time and energy intensive for me. So uh, they're not cheap, but they are a lifetime reading. So <laughs> it's you only need life. to get one once. <laughs> right. um, and people can uh, email me at erinaquarian at gmail.com if they have questions or, um, you know, if they want to kind of like feel out whether or not it might be right for them. Um, I'm working on kind of making some testimonials from clients available, but it really takes people like a few months to process the reading. Um, it's a lot of information and I've only been offering these since the spring. So I would, I would say people, if they're really curious to just stay tuned and, um, and, and follow me on Instagram, they'll always get updates there. I also have um, some videos on my YouTube channel. I'm working on making more video content um, so people can look me up, Erin Aquarian, on YouTube and just kind of look out for more kind of like creative and artistic offerings and opportunities to work with me and learn with me. I'm working on some um, downloadable courses and things that are more like economically accessible for folks who, you know, want to do this work but don't have the means to pay for individualized one-on-one -on -one session work because that is, I know for me, like, not a thing that I can afford most of the time. So um, I'm really trying to like work at that level with, with folks too. That all sounds amazing. I love all of it. Thank you so, 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 so much for being so generous with your time and your wisdom and especially all the stuff about cycles since you like crafted it all and you spend so much time doing it and you know something that has you haven't shared a lot about before so I feel extremely honored that you are so willing to talk about all of it yeah I'm I love talking about it 
I love talking about it so much, it gets me into trouble. But, <laughs> you know, like, I really just, this is my passion. So, for other people that feel passionate about tarot, you know, I like, I like hearing from them. So, yeah, I'm just excited for more people to um, share with me, like, and give me feedback on what discoveries they're making with, like, using the cards in this way. So I always love to hear from people if they want to, like, email me and stuff like that. You're going to get, like, a million emails. Just kidding. Cool. I think only, like, 50 people listen to this podcast. That's cool. That's, like, about all I can handle right now anyway. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah. And thanks to everyone that listens all the way through. Yes. Everyone's going to love it. Is your mind blown? Because my mind is blown. Thank you, Erin, for coming on the podcast. I am so grateful. If you guys liked this episode, share it with a friend. Share it on Instagram. Share it with your mama. Share it with your sister and your brother and your neighbor. And if you could rate and review it, That would be amazing. Rate that shit. And that's all, guys. I hope you have a very beautiful Scorpio season filled with lots of deep healing and deep creativity because I know that I always make the best poems (laughs) in Scorpio season. So random, but it's true. And I think that's it, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time, which will be Angela Mary Magic's podcast episode on Halloween, so stay tuned for that. That is an exclusive, exclusive halloween episode, so I love you guys stay tuned. Thanks for being with me and for listening. And thank you again, Erin, for coming on the podcast. What an honor. And everybody go figure out your cycles. All right. Love you.